Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd, how's it going, buddy? Good, Jeremy. How about you? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Living the dream, you know. <laughs> Whenever I say that to people, I'm like, living the dream like yours or somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's better than living a nightmare. This unless is you're true. into that. Yeah, this is true. No, uh, things are things are good. What you been up to? Uh, n- nothing really. You saw you you yeah. got that haul from the auction or whatever, and you're yeah, uh, eight foot list of uh, wooden top like a test bench. Yeah, yeah, I think sweet. Um, we use it for because it's got the shelf with the plugs down the side. I'm gonna put the chargers and the batteries up there, you know, somehow. Yeah, all, all your power tools, cordless stuff. Yeah, so everything's cordless now. I know. You know, I was digging and perusing through my cordless stuff. Like, I need to make some serious organization. I can't believe the cordless stuff that I've accumulated in the last. Last year and a half. Like, I've got a cordless uh, caulking gun, for Pete's sakes. <laughs> like a Milwaukee 18-volt caulking gun, because <laughs> that's what everybody needs. I've got that. I've got, I'll be, like, unboxing stuff, and I'll find, like, another cordless tool. I'm like, oh, yeah, that thing's sweet. I, I buy it, and I, I used it once. But, man, they're so handy to have. It's just, it's silly. And then I bought a cordless chainsaw. and uh, I love mine. Yeah. What brand is yours? Uh, DeWalt, because okay, yeah. you know, you're wrong. You, once you once you start down the path of the dark side, boy, yeah. <laughs> once you're used to using junk. <laughs> I mean, uh, I had one brand of tools, right? Yeah, and I like Makita. That's mm-hmm. my that's my homie. But you know, they think their stuff is. Um, Made of Valhalla gold. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. But then I had uh, Milwaukee. Yeah. And I, every both of the tools I bought, high end Milwaukee, they must have been late Friday afternoon put together tools because hmm. they suck. The batteries wouldn't last. Hmm. Uh, now I've only ever had one bad. DeWalt battery right out the gate, out the package. And I know DeWalt's kind of scummy about their battery warranties, but mm-hmm. everybody is, hmm. except Makita. And, but I got a battery from, and this is no joke, people. Got brand new battery out of the package to replace a bad battery for Milwaukee. I put the battery in, at, you know, after I charge it, put it in the tool. And was using the tool. And it was an impact. Quarter inch. So not anything crazy. Mm-hmm. And the battery fell apart. Oh, wow. Right out of the bottom of the tool. Oh, in wow. In pieces. I'm like. Yeah, hard to convince you to buy another one of their tools, hey? Well, then, I, uh, an old friend of mine has, he's missing a couple of digits because of Milwaukee saw just decided to disintegrate itself. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's what he said. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually, I, to... I was holding the board flat, and I just ran right across my fingers. I forgot to move them. <laughs> oh, no. The, it actually came apart. Okay. Um, he used to have pictures on his Facebook. It was his wallpaper on his oh, Facebook. Oh, yeah. That's gross. <laughs> of the... Of the carnage. He had two <laughs> fingers laying there with saw parts. And uh, eventually Zuckerberg made him take that down. Yeah, no no kidding. That's funny. Scare would scare away anybody that he may have known in high school. It's like, hey, I wonder where old Bill is. Never mind. I don't want to know where he is anymore. <laughs> oh, no, you would look at him and go, oh, yeah, he's still him. Oh, that's funny. Y- uh, he you hit know himself had... with a hammer one time to see if it hurt. Oh, wow. Smart, eh? Now, let's think this through there, buddy. It's a hammer. 
And as the old saying goes, if you have a hammer in your hand, the whole world's a nail. Mm-hmm. But it applies enough force to drive a nail or something into another object that is presumably solid. And you're just wondering, oh, I wonder if I hit myself, will that hurt? Wow. You're a bag of meat and bone. Yeah. So it had a bunch nothing. of stupid, apparently. Yeah, it had nothing to do with the whatever Brian saw he was using. That was just his negligence that the <laughs> that thing grenaded. Mm. That's crazy. <coughs> you know what? I had uh, DeWalt tools when I was, I'm going to say this was like in 2000, maybe like 98 or something, relatively new, when basically the only thing you could buy was a, a drill and then a driver. And uh, and you get your basic cordless, like circular saw and stuff. No, it's probably like, I'm going to say it's maybe like 96 or something that I got these and they were fine, but the batteries, I mean, battery technology has come a long way in all the brands since then. And I remember I kept my batteries and then I had to, I needed some other stuff and I thought I'm going to make a wholesale change. Cause I heard good things about Milwaukee and you know, I, I have friends that have, have DeWalt and Milwaukee. It's like a Chevy and a Ford thing, right? I mean, does Chevy make bad trucks? Does Ford make bad trucks? I think some people just by like the way it works out, they have things work better for them. You know, you have one bad experience with one brand and it's like, yeah, I'm not going to like you with Milwaukee. Uh, but you know, the one thing that I find is that like, there's guys that are like diehard DeWalt fans and then guys that are diehard Milwaukee fans. It seems they all kind of agree on Makita as being an acceptable brand as well. I've never met somebody that just is anti Makita. I've met anti DeWalt guys, anti Milwaukee guys, but no anti Makita guys. Well, and my thing is, you know, when it comes to cordless working man tools, mm-hmm. that's Makita's gig. Yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. I mean, they had them way back in the 80s with them long um, mm-hmm. lead acid and NICAD batteries. Yeah, I remember my dad had those in the shop all the time. And I will tell you, I have one in my shop. Uh, it still works. Really? No, it has absolutely no power yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it will accept a certain amount of charge, and it will still work, you know, for a minute. Yeah. And before it runs out, but it still works. Yeah. And you can now get uh, upgraded batteries for them. Really? Yeah, but the uh, motors don't like them for long. Oh, yeah, yeah. And because the... Battery technology we have now gives way too many amp hours at one point. You know, yeah. They, they got a lot of oomph right much, up front. Yeah. And them old motors are like, I don't like this. With yeah, my you lazy know, battery. Yeah, I got a, a snap-on, a cordless screwdriver. And it's kind of the same thing. This thing I bought used off a snap-on truck, and I got it with two batteries and a charger for like 50 bucks. So that'll let you know the condition it's in and how old it was. But the batteries would keep a charge and you could run them for about an hour or two. But the thing I loved about it is its RPM was really, really low, like much lower than like the the impact drivers now are all quick. Right. And this was a single speed. But then when you stopped it, it had like this clutch mechanism. So you go to screw something and and then once it ran out of power, you could let your finger off the trigger and you could use the handle of the, the gun itself as a screwdriver, like it completely locked up. And uh, man, I love that thing. But now it, it holds a charge for, like I was, I, I whipped it out to hook up um, some electrical, like 220 volt electrical plugins. And you know, they got all those big long screws you have to undo. I thought, oh, that's a perfect yeah. job. Pull it out, pull the second one out, went to pull the third one out and the battery died. Put a brand new battery in that had been charging. And same thing, like it's good for two minutes of actual work, if that. But I'm like, man, I wish I could find a, I don't know any, like I haven't seen that in Milwaukee. Like an M, like it'd be like an M12 system or something that's a cordless screwdriver. And this was a pistol grip. Man, I use that thing all the time, especially when we had to do like interiors. We had to like run a whole bunch of wires and stuff. So we're pulling dashes off these trucks. Man, it was so handy, just nice and low and yet adjustable torque on there. But it reminded me all the time of my dad's old Makita's, the big, huge, long battery thingies. You know, I have. I'm trying to remember the name brand. It's a European brand. Mm-hmm. And it's a cordless screwdriver, palm size. 
Oh, wow. And that thing would last all day. Tons of torque, the pull mm-hmm. screw, but it's so slow. It, you know, it doesn't turn very fast. Mm-hmm. It turns slow, but with a, a tremendous amount of torque, and the batteries last forever. And they're just teeny tiny little batteries, just a little bit bigger than a golf ball. Mm-hmm. And they last forever. Yeah. I wish I, man, I can't remember the name brand. Huh. But when it comes to batteries, I, Makita, just their new, the new Makita, yeah. say in the last five or six years mm-hmm. or so, um, really impressed the snot out of me because I have two Makita batteries that I haven't used since I moved to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And I just walk by them every once in a while and just check them. Yeah, they're all still at three bars, four oh, bars. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. And I can't get any other brand to just do that, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, as far as the size of the tool and the amount of oh, it gives you for the length of time it gives it to you, the quarter-inch Makita, the black and white Makita, the um, tippity top of their product line, mm-hmm. it, I can't find a tool that will touch it hmm. at all. Hmm. Um, it doesn't, for as light as it is, you would think when you're doing stuff, it would just kill your wrist. No. Hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah, it might just be a unicorn. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm pretty- not brand specific. I'm telling you, other than there are brands I won't have. Yeah, you know, like um, Bauer, uh, <laughs> and I'm not saying they're not yeah. good brands. I'm just saying they're not for me. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, Harbor Freight stuff isn't for me. Um, the new Craftsman isn't for me as long mm-hmm. as it's made in China. Yeah. Yeah, gold craftsmen are such good stuff. I, not their power tools necessarily. I never really like their power tools, but I mean, their cordless tools, their power tools are pretty good. But um, so I just pulled up this cordless screwdriver. You know how much this thing is with two batteries, a charger, a 14.4 volt quarter inch screwdriver. 400 bucks? 695. Oh. <laughs> 695. That's why I guess when you buy one, use them to snap on truck for like 50 bucks or whatever it was. They're, uh, they're that crazy. You know, I used to have, have you ever had snap on cordless tools? No, I've used them, but oh man, I'm anti snap on. Yeah. I want I to be horribly anti snap on. And it, yeah. it's because they, I'm not saying their stuff's not worth it. I'm not saying their stuff's not among the best in the world, and I'm not saying a bunch of other negative things. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying they victimize young, new <laughs> tradesmen. <laughs> I like the way you put that. That's a very accurate statement there, <laughs> and I've never thought about it like that, but that's true. <laughs> I, was vic- I was victimized by them myself, man. Because <laughs> I've been on those trucks, you know, and uh, – you know, the Matt guy, the Matt Co guy, the USA Tools guy. Yeah. They're all like, eh, buy it or not. Yeah. You know, I've already, I have my built-in customer base via disgruntled snap-on people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, or we go to shops that snap-on won't go to. Yeah. And uh, if I was, I think if I was young, starting as a mechanic or a tradesman that needed uh, tool truck tools, I'd... I might not get anything off a snap-on truck. Yeah, yeah. If I can get um, Mac or Matco, especially now with the internet. Mm -hmm. And Lord knows, I don't care what other people think uh, about the tools I have. It's a skill I got. Now, I know that there's a certain stigma in the, particularly automotive industry, oh, if you don't have, Tool truck tools, you know, you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. It's like but saying it's if you don't own a Ferrari, you don't know how to drive. Well, yeah. most people that own Ferraris don't know how to drive. Yeah. But, you know, that's why the Ferrari dealership uh, crash recovery program 
otherwise known as our service department, is so lucrative. Hmm. Good Lord. That's crazy. But anyway, you know, and I've seen people get shamed because of their, oh, you got a, even back in the day, oh, you got craftsmen, or you got this, or you got that. Mm-hmm. You know, here's my $20,000, literally, um, craftsman wall toolbox. Good for you. You know, I got a wife and a baby at home. Yeah, you mean Snap-on. And then the the guy that's over there talking about um, Snap-on. Yeah, sorry, thanks. Um you know, he's got a new wife and a new baby. Mm-hmm. And you know what he's not going to have once he gets <laughs> yep. possessed? Yep. That snap on. And I've seen people that, you know, like, that are my age now, when I was in my 20s and 30s, and or even older than me, that are mechanics and good ones. And I'll tell you, oh, yeah, I've had, you know, three sets of tools repoed over the years. Wow. Because well, it's actually amazing. Yeah, it's amazing the resale value on some tools. Like, um, my favorite tools, my favorite tools are the old, like for hand tools, wrenches, screwdrivers are the old classic craftsmen that you could buy at Sears. I mean, oh, yeah. My very first set of tools, I bought them when I was, was I 13? And, you know, they had those mechanics sets and you could go pick which, how big of a set you wanted. And literally, yeah, I think I pay like 400 bucks and I got like an eight or 900. I don't know what it was, but maybe it's less than that. But it was a good set. Like it had a basically full set of wrenches, metric and imperial, decent screwdriver collection, sockets, you know, deep, shallow, metric, imperial, ratchets, extensions, and maybe one or two little weird type of adapters or something. And boom, you had that and you could literally do most basic maintenance on your vehicle. And I bought that when I was like, I think I was 13 years old. And I didn't even open it for like over a year. I didn't have a toolbox. I thought, well, once I buy a toolbox and put it in there, I still have every single one of those tools, less anything that may have gone, that have been lost. But I have not wrecked one of those. I've abused the crap out of them. Those wrenches feel great. And, you know, lifetime warranty. You could, you could, when, when I was working in the States, if I broke something, you just go to the Sears and there's one at every mall. So it works out. And it's like, oh, yeah, I stripped out this socket. Can you get a new one? Okay, cool. Here you go. No questions, nothing. And it's like, those are the best. But then, you know, a lot of people were buying Mastercraft, which also have the lifetime warranty. And if you're working in Canada, that's great because there's Canadian tires everywhere. But I, I've tried buying some of those. But the feel of the wrenches I don't like. And so I would kind of base, first the quality has to be there, but then the feel. But those craftsmen, the way they have that little raised section that had the craftsman logo written on it that just added that just the right amount of girth you know and grip to the wrenches i love the feel of those and even i compare them to snap on i've got like full snap on wrenches now and i don't know they just they don't feel the same to me and i'm like yeah i don't know i don't know the feel of the hand is a big thing you know and then you know there are junky junky tools out there like i've bought power fist tools from princess auto and they just don't feel quite right. And then I've also bought the they, the Snap-on has a specialty jaw. I forget what they call it, but they've got these serrations in it. And they do feel better, like as far as an open-end wrench goes. And I'm like, yeah, that that is definitely better. But, man, it's so, uh, I don't know. It, I really wish, for my tooling and for the sake of my boys, I wish so bad that craftsmen still made their old tools. They used to be made in the USA and they were good quality. And if you wanted a six point socket, you could get a six point. If you wanted an eight point socket, you get an eight point, 12 point, 12 point, right? I mean, man, you had so many different options. It was just phenomenal. Like, you remember, was it eight point? Did they make eight point sockets? I don't know. There's, because there's, there's six point, 12 point. I thought there was eight point, and the eight point worked perfect as tap. You could use them on a tap. Yeah. And, uh, man, those things were phenomenal. I was like, oh, dude. Yeah, I, I I like that stuff. But it's amazing. So when I worked at San Joe, we had, uh, what was my tool budget? Three or 500 a month, I forget. And it was a perk of employment. And the way that it worked is the company had a credit card. And you go out to the Snap-on truck every Friday with the boss. And this was during business hours. Like, they wouldn't come at coffee break, you know. So you just stop what you're doing, go out there. And every month you could have up to, I thought it was 
300 bucks maybe, but, and he would let you bank them, right? So it's like, okay, I want this, whatever it is. I bought a cordless impact gun that was 900 bucks. And so I just waited for three months and my boss put on the credit card, right? It's like, oh, there you go. And so by the end of it all, I mean, I had a nice collection of snap-on tools. And then when I was no longer working there, I mean, I've got this $900 impact gun that uh, I think it, a breaking force, I think it did like 1,400 foot pounds, like just monstrous. Like it pulled lug nuts off of semi trucks just without even thinking. And uh, one of the mechanics said, don't even think about using that on your car because you'll just break your studs before, <laughs> before the threads have a chance to come off. And I did. I broke studs on my truck once. And so I thought, you know what? I don't need this thing. And I think I got 700 bucks for it, even after it was like two years old. And it is incredible. Like just when you're saying how they repo their snap-on tools, it, the value that they hold is actually fairly impressive, especially for things like uh, wrenches, things without batteries that if they're in decent condition, if, if they're beat to heck, then they're not worth much. But man, I had so many weird custom sockets and I'd put them for sale. Man, people would drive out to Strathmore to pick them up because I never used them. Like, what am I going to use this for anymore? You know? But man, I had a, I did have a lot of snap-on tools, but a couple I've kept, a couple that are worth keeping, but yeah, I don't know. You can find good tools all over, but most any of that like Harbor Freight, super low-end Chinese, yeah, man, it's that stuff I do not want to do repairs with. Like, don't just take that away, please. <laughs> I'll try to make my Leatherman work instead. But um, I hey, got to, uh, what's that? I, I was about to say, well. You know, having said that, I would rather have somebody using Harbor Freight tools, using the right tool. Yeah, it's true. Then the guy with a snap on everything that comes over with a pipe wrench to take off a lug nut. No, stop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. It's true. You're rounding it off. Yeah. Or vice grips. <laughs> you just put some vice grips on that bolt and undo it. Like, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Unless that's a your you know last ditch effort yeah like it's like you live in the rust belt you know yeah and it but just just i know people that start off with that <laughs> all they do is carry around an adjustable wrench yeah. in their back pocket i know Stop. i know and then you get companies like leatherman made one that was a vice grip version and i'm like that's a bad idea man because man now you could you don't have to go get a wrench for anything as long as it fits over it just clamp her down and chew up the head of the bolt for the next guy. And then when he, you know, you'll get your job done. But when somebody else comes along to fix it and they, they go grab the right socket, it's like, it doesn't fit on here. What's the real? Oh, somebody rounded it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's not, well, you cool. know, uh, talking about using the right tool. I have always, my entire life had problems like everybody else has removing like little fuel lines. Mm -hmm. it, you know, you just take a pick, you take a, you yep. know, whatever. I finally got hosed. Pliers with the little U's at the end. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They Make come right it? off. I'm really? Like, wow. I'll be darned. Because like, I've seen those things. I'm like, oh, that's a neat That's a neat thing that nobody needs. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. That's it, cool. it, yeah, yeah. They mm -hmm. work. Yeah. I know some of these tools, like like there's a Blue Point uh, radiator hose clamps you can buy. And so, like, we did so much work. We had to put in those Webasto inline heaters, little diesel heaters that heat the coolant on trucks keep them like warm all night long and you know we always always tying into the coolant system and they got these pliers it's basically like two parallel flat things and it's just kind of like a pressure lock thing kind of like a reminds me of a parking brake you just squeeze it and it locks and then to unlock it you get squeeze it a little harder and then release it and man those things the guys would insist on not buying them and they're like putting two pieces of vice grips on either side of a couple pieces of metal and making like a clamp to pinch this whole and I went out there and it was like 17 bucks for these clamps because they're, they're nothing fancy and nothing amazing. And I bought a whole bunch of them. And man, my job was so easy. Oh, going to pinch the line here. There you go. This thing's isolated. You crack it, bleed off a little coolant, put it back in, done, boom. Hardly any coolant is lost. And I'm like, man, those sometimes those specialty little tools. And I, I'm going to have to buy some of those because I took a gas tank off my bike last week. Same thing. I mean, the hoses were new, so they're pretty easy to jiggle off. But I was like, man, in a year or two, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have to crank out the little picks and, you know, that's funny. I got a, so have you ever heard of the YouTube channel called Last Best Tool? No, I haven't. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to make a little recommendation. Um, he, he does a lot of uh, weird 
there's certain EDC tools that I kind of think are a gimmick, right? Like, I mean, I carry a Leatherman with me every single day. It is the original Leatherman tool. I've got two brand new ones as backup. But then when I see guys that carry a Leatherman and then in that sheet, they've got this little slip of a whole bunch of different bits and drivers. That's a, that's a little overboard for me. Like, man, I got a Phillips and a slot and two slots. And that, that, if I can't do it with that, I'm going to go, I've got tools close enough at hand, but, um, some of his stuff is kind of borderline to that. Like I'm not a guy who's going to be carrying a ratchet on my person, but he will find all these interesting tools and they're, they seem like decent tools, like some of the better Amazon tools, like little tiny micro ratchets that turn into T handles and man, I don't know. It's funny. I haven't actually bought anything that I've seen him review, but I've, I've wanted a lot of it and I'm like, I could see that. And I'm thinking like for little kits on my motorcycle, you know, where you, you oh. want to have the right tool, but I'm not looking to carry a ratchet and extension. So if you can find something that's, oh, I don't know, interesting. I like some of the stuff that he finds. He, I think he seeks out these interesting little EDC ratchets and tools and pliers and reviews them. I don't know. I kind of like that channel. You're talking about something that like that. Uh, let me, what is the name of it? You looking on Amazon? No. Just Google meth, Googling this thing. Um, Eric O from South Bay Auto has this, um, little, he never puts it on his belt, but you can. It's just a tiny little toolkit, and he what if he's going out in the parking lot just to do, you know, initial mm -hmm. look see or whatever. Yep. He takes that with him, especially interior stuff, and uh, it's awesome. Hmm. I'm trying to find it. Uh, when I find out, I'll send you a link. Okay, that'd be cool. But it sounds like it'd be perfect for a bike. Yeah. See, I got a, a lot of guys when they're doing like ADV riding, they have uh, fender bags. And I, I picked one up last year. I need to make a little brace for my fender, but basically it's, I don't know, like maybe a four inch by 12 inch bag and it straps to your front fender. And it, the idea is you can keep a nice, a better toolkit than what comes in the factory. And even you look at the factory toolkit, yeah, you've got your big, your spark plug wrench, which is good. You know, it's a light option. You can't really... In a certain sense, there's not a lot out there that would improve that because you basically, you know, you, you got a little tube that's shaped like a spark plug wrench and you put your screwdriver shaft in there. So that gets that job done. But then some of the screwdrivers are kind of like, ah, oh, this could be better. And then pliers, like if I have a kit, like I want a set of Nipex parallel jaw pliers because those things are just phenomenal, the things you can do. And then, you know, you need a 10 millimeter and then, and so he's got all these little tools and I would like to put together like a really sweet little kit because it's amazing well especially my bike in particular a lot of the simple bikes the dr650 man if you've got a 10 millimeter socket and a ratchet and then some type of adjustable wrench like the nipex or even a crescent wrench man you can strip that bike down and put it back together it's unbelievable how few tools i've heard people say that you can completely overhaul the dr650 with less than 20 tools and most of them you could carry on your front fender. A few things like hammers and drifts and stuff. But um, yeah, I know I would love to put together like the ultimate kit for my motorbike. And and like, like you say, you know, initial diagnosis. Like our van didn't start the other day. It was acting all weird and Steph got it started. And halfway down the driveway, it died. And I was like, okay, that's either the alternator or the battery. So you just test it. Oh, okay, it's the battery. So you buy a battery. And I need one tool, right? I need a, just one little wrench like to undo the battery terminals, undo the little thing that holds it down. And if you had a small little kit, you know, with just the very basics, um, you know, everybody says you can never have enough 10 millimeters, right? Or, or you never have the 10 millimeter when you need it. It's amazing how much on a vehicle is a 10 millimeter, you know, socket head. But it'd be kind of cool to set together a nice little kit like that. But I don't know, check out that channel. I, I like it. He does just those uh, table shots where it's like kind of just the camera in his hands talking about it. And some it's funny. Some people hate those. I had uh, I, I've done some of those videos before, like couple, like four years ago. 
And I had comments like, I hate these videos where it's just your hands and you talking. <laughs> it's like, but it's, it's really concise. It's to the point. I'm literally just showing this product and I, my face doesn't need to be here, but I don't know. I, I find this channel kind of interesting. But you, you've been well, watching. I mean, yeah, it sounds um, really yeah. interesting. I like um, if uh, people who say that, oh, I hate tabletops. I hate this. I hate that. Well, you go back in the day. I mean, you know, back in the beginning of YouTube, one of the OGs of YouTube um, was a tabletop guy who what showed you watches when he wasn't. Oh, really? Um, being a jerk shooting his gun. but uh, And I say being a jerk because he used to be a pilot on the planes I worked on. So all of them were jerks. Hmm. They take a perfectly good airplane and bring it back broke. You know, they're jerks. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what channel is this guy? <laughs> I can't ever remember his name, dude, because um, he's so annoying to me to watch. Is he still got uh, a channel? But he was one of the OGs of the gun, the Pew Pew channel hmm. world. Uh, but then he did watches as well. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if I ever saw that. You remember FPS Russia? Oh, yeah. He, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> he probably yeah, he's on PKA now. Yeah. He has, has his real self, Kyle, but... And PKA does a lot of good stuff, but they're not family friendly. No, no. Uh, uh, you know, and AVE is tabletop mostly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, He's po wildly popular, like phenomenal. I don't know how successful. he fell off the mountain, but you know, what do you why mean he just quit? Did he? No, he didn't quit YouTube, but you know, you haven't seen a, a Boltar in forever. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's completely changed since, um, the sniffles, but. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Who knows? And then, you know, he got the, the new shop and put in, uh, uh, Haas, you know, town pump CNC, he calls it. And then those videos are no longer, I think he had to send the Haas back for maintenance, but or mm. something, mm. I don't know. Hmm. But the last couple of videos he's done have just been, okay, you're not even trying anymore. Hmm. It's not like you were trying before. I get it, but really? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know how much longer YouTube is going to put up with him on some, on two tiny little things where the, um, the law in most of the world for YouTube has changed mm. where you can no longer hide your uh, subscriber count and stuff like that. Yeah. But his is still hidden. Hmm. Uh, anyway, um, I would like to shift gears real quick. Yes, sir. I had a question to ask. Mm -hmm. I had actually two, but okay, one of them is uh, specifically right up your alley. Okay. About Surly. Yeah. I discovered that Surly has two bike models, one called the Ogre and one mm -hmm. called the Wednesday. Yep. And I saw an Ogre and I'm like, I must have. Yeah, yeah. But in trying to find a medium framed one is darn near impossible. Mm -hmm. I did find one. It's called, you know, Surly.com and you order it. Yeah. That's sometimes that's the way you got to do it with those bikes, man. I've had to order one from them before. But, you know, at some time in the uh, future past, they had blue for the Ogre, and it was an awesome blue. Yeah. Now they got, like, baby poop green. <laughs> I know. <laughs> their, their name colors are the best. Like, they made a steamroller, and it was called Not Enough Water Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> I had a karate monkey and it was chum bucket red. I was like, oh my word. Now in their defense, they're not calling it baby poop green, but it's baby poop green. No, I'm so it's gotta be something similar to that. We'd probably call it the open diaper or something like that. Like they literally they just borderline offensive and disgusting, but not quite there yet. Like Well, they're not, just accurately describing the color. Not enough water yellow. <laughs> You could just call it P yellow, but no, 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 that'd be rude. Because I have yeah. a very large frame, uh, 
it's early to get rid of. No. Yeah. Because I don't think I'm going to grow into it. <laughs> Maybe not, hey? <laughs> and so what are you thinking with the Wednesday? Well, want a, want since the bike? Ogre and the Wednesday are in the same category of bike. Mm-hmm. But um, they really tout the Wednesday as the, you know, Swiss Army bike. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I mean, that's a fat bike, right? So, Well, they're both uh, like on or off-road. Yeah, but the Wednesday's got like the fat tires, like the four or five-inch wide wheels. Yeah. The Ogre will cool. do, do up to three. It is. And you know... So everybody says, okay, they're the original design for them was snow and sand. First, it was snow. Uh, I mean, Surly's obviously in Minnesota, and there's a lot of winter cycling in Minnesota. And then sand, they're phenomenal for. And it was a Surly Pugsley was like the first fat bike and the only fat bike for like over a decade. And I'd wanted one forever and ever. I've known so many people that have them. Um I owned, no, I didn't own one. I had a uh, kind of a knockoff of those custom made, but, um, and then they get into, and that was a four inch wide tire, 3.8 or a four inch wide tire. And then they got into the Moonlander, which was like a 4.8 or a five inch wide tire. And finally I picked one up last year, the year before. And now that I have one, I mean, my oldest son loves that bike and we put kind of smoother tires on it and he, he rides it everywhere. Like we'll go on the bike paths and that's the bike that he takes. And man, if you've got gravel, see, they're beautiful. And, and the, the reason I like them is if you don't care how fast you get there, if you just want to go for a ride, there is nothing more comfortable than a fat tired bike. And in a certain sense, like if you're on gravel or any slightly rough terrain, the fat tire bike just goes over it. Like it's not even there. You know, you can ride through a plowed farmer's field. You just gear down and just spin and it'll just, you'll just put along. It's like a tractor just took, 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 you know, and, um, but I mean, some people want to like go bike packing and say, like, oh, we'd like to cover 30 miles or 40 miles in a day. Well, that's when you may want to reconsider and you get something more like the Ogre, which has still fat tires, like not skinny by any means, but not quite as much a volume because I mean, there's also a lot of weight. Like I think the inner tubes on, on my bike are like over a pound each <laughs> and that's rolling weight, right? So it's a lot to get up going. It's a lot to turn. Um, it definitely feels like you're riding a tractor. But um, the Wednesday, I know, is a little bit like a kind of some more, I'd say, sporty geometry, a little bit more uh, like track friendly, kind of more like for meant to be more like a mountain bike with fat tires. But yeah, man, those super fat tires are so much fun. <clears throat> but yeah, no, they're they're fun. Fun, fun stuff. Yeah, but I saw those and I was like. Well, I don't want to use this analogy, but I will. It's like the first time you see your wife. Yeah. Before yeah. she's your wife. Yeah. It'd be freaky the first time you see your wife, she's already your wife. But That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You'd be in some weird Middle Eastern culture or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Here's your wife. Oh, hello. <laughs> hmm. But, you know, the first time you see her and you're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah. I, I remember that, yeah. So I got a question for you, kind of getting back to YouTube, kind of, so, so my other channel, Jeremy Gertz channel, do you know, like with the small subscriber count that I have uh, now, it makes one eighth as much money as Simple Little Life does. Isn't that crazy? It is. And I'm looking at it like, oh my word, like, and it, it's great. And I'll, I'll do a video and I'll get twice as many views as I have subscribers. And I'm like, man. And then the thing is like, like this whole thing is that I feel this sense with simple little life, the sense of obligation to do knife content. And man, do you know, there, there's a point in knife making, you know, you progress, you make one knife and this, and then you try something more complicated, like make multi-segmented handles. And it's like, cool. Now you try a slightly more complicated grind. And then you try adding things and this and that. And to tell you the truth, like, I'm at the point in my knives where I'm, I don't feel the strong desire to keep pushing myself technically. 
like like I feel like I make a quality knife and I'm happy with the way it looks. I'm happy with the the portions and I can do it repeatably. And and that it's weird, but I feel like I've arrived at the place where I want to be. And then you look at some guys like like I always think, okay, where would I take it if I were to go further? That's like Kyle Royer stuff, right? Where you're you're carving handles, you're inlaying gold and stuff like that. I have zero desire whatsoever to do that, you know? And, and maybe one thing that it's really, I'm surprised how unstrong the desire is, is that I, I would love to learn how to make Damascus, but it's not something that I'm like, listen, I'm going to give up sleep or I'm going to go to bed late so I can pursue this. It's one of these things, like if it worked out or something, I'd be like, yeah, sure, let's try it. I got some free time, but, um, I don't know. It's so hard to keep a channel going like simple little life when you feel like this is your obligation. And so sometimes I kind of feel like, you know what, let me just try to kill this thing and just go back to what I used to do all the time. And, you know, it's like when I look at the heyday, I was like just doing videos about all kinds of random stuff and not even giving a crap. And so I, I don't know. And you, like the thing that kind of reminded me of this, you're talking about how AVE isn't what he used to be, you know? And uh, the thing I loved about YouTube like five, 10 years ago is that it, it was kind of like that. Guys could just do whatever they wanted. They didn't feel the need to drill down into this niche or there wasn't a pressure on like there seems to be now, you know? Like, like every time I do a video that's not knife related, just dozens of comments like, I want to see you make knives. It's like, You've seen me make knives. Like, I'm not going to do it any different than I've shown you before. So from my standpoint, I'm like, this, I don't know. It's so weird. It's the weirdest thing I'm ever. I'm still convinced that most of the ch the channels that do the very, very best, mm -hmm. with, with exception, aren't niched. Yeah. It's the personality yeah, that I keeps people right. coming back. Yeah, you're right. You know, because you can be... Um, like, uh, whatever his name is, one of the machinists, uh, this old Tony. No, he's great. A bomb. But, uh, pie, pie, whatever his name is, but he's probably one of the most genius machinists out there. Right. Mm -hmm. For his brain. Mm -hmm. Cannot stand looking at him, listening mm -hmm. to him because of his personality. Hmm. It's interesting. And it's not because he does it on a whiteboard either, but whiteboards don't bother me. Yeah. Um, it's his uh, personality. Huh. Now, conversely, I like watching A-Bomb because of his personality and because I honestly, this is my... Guilty pleasure. I like making fun of him. <laughs> you know, because we're a lot alike in some ways, and we're far apart, as far apart as you can get in some ways. Yeah. You know, he, he'll he be machining, making mistakes. And, well, that's good enough for what I'm doing. Yeah. Ten minutes ago, you said this was a critical part. <laughs> yeah. Which is Critically good enough. <laughs> um, and then, you know... Uh, he was, you know, filming a, on his other channel, A-Bomb Adventures. He's filming uh, reverse shearing a ribeye steak mm -hmm. at a campground. He's at a campground, and he's already noted that this campground is a parking lot. Oh, really? You know, it's set out like a parking lot. Yeah. Because it's all asphalt. Yeah. All the parking spots are asphalt for the campers. And then some of them have a little sand patch, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody comes by making noise, got a loud muffler. He's like, oh, yeah, you got a loud, love that loud exhaust. He used to run a drag car a street hmm. on the street, you know. Really? But loud when he yeah. was younger. Hmm. He's, he's always talking about people who annoy other people in public, and he yeah. can't stand that. You literally got your nickname from Joe, your really good longtime friend, when you're all young, by running them out of the car with your fart. <laughs> you that, literally got the name A-Bomb really? by that, farting. That's what it was? <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and he's told a story again recently, and he's just said, oh, yeah, Joe gave me the nickname. Ha, ha. But he won't tell the fart story. But you go back in his videos, he tells the story. That's funny. So you you run your your buddies out with a fart. You get the name yeah. A bomb, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. A bomb, you know, guys in their teens and twenties will give that name to somebody who farts. Come on, mm-hmm. yep. And so, I we all mellow and mature with age, but don't be throwing stones. All right. Yeah, yeah. Somebody drives out of a campground with a slightly loud exhaust and you know you're sitting there you know throwing shade on them you got your name from a fart I'm just, yeah yeah that's right but let's just be realistic yeah you know so you know Danette and i both kind of make fun of him but i still like the guy don't yeah. get me wrong it's like a friend would make fun of you yeah i don't get all you know hot and over the top personal but it's just how a friend would do it Mm-hmm. And that's how I, that's my intention mm-hmm. on it. But um, I don't think that a lot of, you know, and well, take A-Bomb 79, for example, as I understand it, when he was still working at Motion and doing Saturday night specials and filming the heavy hydraulic work he did, the industrial stuff mm-hmm. that he did it motion he was incredibly popular banking patreon and youtube money Hmm. when he quit to do youtube full-time out of his own shop you know slowly over time that just died off oh really and you know because you take what somebody liked and you completely change it Hmm. and now I wouldn't be surprised if he's lost a lot this year because some people love watching you succeed. Some people cannot stand it when all you're doing is videoing, ha-ha, look at me, I got a new shop. I'm getting all these free tools from companies I'm partnering with. Mm-hmm. And when you do it all at once, it almost seems like you're rubbing your your audience's nose in it. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, no, I totally. I know that's not your intention. Yeah. You know, it's like Matt with the um, Abandoned Mansion Project. Mm-hmm. He learned, and I heard this, a little bit of this. He won't talk about it in detail, but he hinted at it you know, on a podcast that he was on where, oh, yeah, it was great. You know, you sink your hard-earned money into a risk. Mm-hmm. Then when we decided we were going to stay, it was going to be our home, the viewership kind of fell off a little. Hmm. I'm on, you know, I, I, that's what I take away from what he was saying without saying, yeah, you know, cause he quit filming everything mm-hmm. once it was, Oh yeah, we're going to take this big, what no one wanted to say, probably a million dollar risk to flip a mansion, an abandoned mansion. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Now we're going to live. It's going to be our mansion. Okay, now we're not so much behind you, Matt. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's no longer a risk. It's, um, you know, well, people are fickle. That's why there's so many trolls. Yeah. Uh, we like seeing others succeed up to a point. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. And then we want to pull the rug out from under yeah. you. Yeah. And that thing's what? Oh yeah. Go ahead. Get almost to the top of the ladder. Go yeah. ahead. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. It's true. And then somehow people think that, oh, if they get up to the top, there's no room. There's no way I could get up there too. Right. And it's like, not even just with like, like public success, anything. It's like, you got certain friends and all of a sudden, you know, one of you gets a promotion. It's like, oh, that's totally sweet. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, wait a minute. He's really gotten some, he's got another one and another one now. Oh man, he's like uh, he's running this the whole shop that he used to work in. Oh man, now I'll never get a chance for that. And it's it's funny, it's not true, you know. It's it's like <laughs> there's room that you know there's so much room up high as far as success and, and stuff. But people always see somebody else climbing and they're like, I'll never be able to get there. They just their attitude shifts instead of being like, you know what? Let me see if I could do that too. Let me work my butt off. 
And see, I can have that type of success. They're like, now that he's there, I can't get there. And it's just such a silly outlook to have. But it's it's entirely, it's like, that is like the human nature. That is the natural reaction to those situations, you know? It's true. <laughs> no, not too high. No, no, no. Oh, oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> you know? Pull them down. Wasn't there some type of a test like that with monkeys where they had them on a ladder? And once one got higher than the other, the other one would pull the other one down. <laughs> I thought I read some type of a study about that, but I'm sure it's out there. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, you see, and that's weird. Cause like even like, so a simple little life, it is like, so blah, as far as like views and this. And, and I will say, I do understand fully that the reason for that is cause I, I don't put a lot of content there now and but it, the reason I don't put content there is because I don't want to put the content that everybody wants to see, to see, you know, like I'm literally at the point where it's like, do I just go up there and say like, once I'm done this year of a sponsorship with princess auto, just be like, well, it's been a great ride so long. Bye-bye. You know, I'm, I'm literally at that point where like, maybe that's the right thing to do. Like nothing will last forever. You know, um, I look at other knife making channels right now and I'm like, man, these guys are killing it. Like, uh, you ever hear of Tyrell knife works? I've heard of it. Okay. So he's got a great channel. Like he'll super friendly. I like the guy's personality. I mean, he lives in California, which surprised me. Cause I'm like, how could somebody this kind of easygoing and chill out, but he will show you indeed. And his videos are phenomenal. Like He'll make like Cumai Damascus, you know, like with the Damascus with copper in it. And then, and he'll go through the whole process. And I think he's all out of his garage, you know, but he's made a lot of his own tools, his presses and does great videos with voiceovers and then some live stuff. Like just what I look at as like a phenomenal knife making video, that guy's just crushing it. And he's putting a lot of them out there. Super good guy. And I'm like, I honestly... Like, I like that stuff. And I'm like, this is the knife making content that people need. And I'm also like, I have no desire. I'm not going to try and make this. Like, I don't want to. And so I'm kind of like, I don't know if there's really reasons for me to make knife videos anymore. You know, unless I went to like super duper basic, but there's tons of that too. Like, there's a lot of knife making content on YouTube now. And I think when I got into it, it was kind of not as much, right? Like there's still some, I'm not saying by any stretch, I was one of the original knife channels, but it wasn't saturated. But now I feel like it is super saturated. Like there's, there's people that I remember getting messages from before they had YouTube channels and now they've got like 200,000 subscribers, you know? And I'm kind of like, eh, I just don't, I don't have a desire to do knife content anymore. And so I kind of wonder if it's just channel suicide to, to, not change gears, but like as far as like machining, metalworking, stuff like that, that's not so far out of the lane, right? That That's still working with steel and, and materials and stuff like that. And it's in a certain sense, a lot of stuff I've done on my channel. Like more popular than any knife video was a, a rocket stove I made, you know? So I don't know. I might entirely... What would your thoughts be if I kind of completely shifted gears on Simple Little Life? You're like a... You are a... a, a a YouTube content ingester that ingester that I kind of respect. Well, right, thank you. And I've, you know, throughout our journey on uh, Can-Am Soup and maybe even before, I've said, you know, screw the trolls. That, oh, I only want knife content. Ah, and do what you want to do because while it evolved into knife making because that's your profession, um, it didn't start off as that. Mm -hmm. And I think while your knives are awesome and your knife making content was great, far and away, probably the one of the best knife channels on YouTube. I wouldn't say that, but. <laughs> well, no, I mean, for your um, videography skill, uh, your ability to speak in English. Mm -hmm. properly yeah. <laughs> and i don't mean like english is in the language yeah i mean english is in you know grammar and all that mm -hmm. good and well are not interchangeable all the time yeah people <laughs> uh anyway um some people may have heard i that think it's more time. 
you are the star of the show, not the knife making. Mm-hmm. And that's so whatever you do, that you know, it's still going to be you are the star of the show. Mm. And I think if you look at a lot of the uh, project videos, specific singular project videos, mm-hmm. or series of uh, project series, or vlogging, I find them entertaining, mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. And I found them entertaining before I got to know you. Mm-hmm. And you're just more so now. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, what Jeremy up to? Mm-hmm. And I don't have to drive 3,000 miles to see, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Although I still can't hang out and have Tim Horton. but Yeah, well, you know, you guys should come up here. Still waiting on my passport. Oh, are you? Yeah. Because, hmm. uh, well, I don't know if you like winter time is, I don't know. I, you know what? If, if you love skiing, then come in the winter. And the mountains are beautiful in the winter, but it's cold. But summers, like you go up to Banff in the summertime, or even the like, spring, and oh, it's just—it's funny because right now you look at the Rocky Mountains and there's no snow on them at all. And there's summers where it looks like there's still you know a couple thousand feet at the top that still have snow. But from what we see from the city, it's just strange. It's like these big black mountains, and like, you, not many times in my life have I seen that. But man, you come up here, like hit hit Banff, like you spend a few days in Banff. It's just so phenomenal. You know, and it's not like, uh, you don't have to do touristy things, but you just, it's just such a cool place, you know? But, well, um, and my parents will really be... want to go up there. It's just, we're not skiers for one. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any desire to be in the, uh, uh, coma ward right next to Michael Schumacher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, then we should plan maybe next summer, spring, summer. Because no, winter, anytime, because yeah, you know, yeah. we're not. The one thing we need to do. I'm not going to go hike in. I'm not going to go ski in. Yeah, yeah. And next year might be different than today. Yeah. Because I start something later in October that hopefully is going to work out. Oh, okay. Um, for my health and my weight. Mm-hmm. I shot you an email. Oh, okay. Um, and then, like, because my parents, I think they're moving into their house October 22nd. And so legit, once that's done, we have like a full basement suite, you know? So, you, you know, you have your own bed, your own kitchen, your own bathroom, your own little living room. And I'm like, man, that's perfect for people, you know, visiting. <laughs> you can come visit and we never have to see you. No, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I've stayed at people's houses before, like in bedrooms and stuff. And you always just kind of feel like you're imposing a little bit. It's like... Yeah. Like if you if you like to get up in the middle of the night and get water, it's like oh, I'm just not going to do that because I don't want to walk out to their kitchen, right? So it's kind of nice. It's like hey, come visit, hang out, and then when it's time to go in for the evening, you can have your own routines. You can you know it's just nice. It's like a little bit of ah, uh, it's kind of like a little private hotel. You know, you can be a little bit more comfortable. I'm never fully relaxed if I have to stay in somebody's house like in a bedroom. You know, I've stayed with friends and we've gone up to stay with in laws and stuff, and they kick their kids out and we stay in their kids' bedrooms, and it's just. I don't know, it's just a little different, you know, but yeah, it'd be fun. And then I'm hoping, uh, well, Canada's finally dropping its vaccine requirements for travel. I think the end of this, I think today is the last day. <laughs> you know, Canada and the United States are the last two countries on earth to require proof of vaccination to enter. <laughs> it's like the Western world. Uh, you know, the, the freest countries in the world, in, well, America and then Canada, some people think it might be, but yeah, no, it's crazy. Well, one thing we should have talked about, we're kind of running out of time, but um, this big, huge crackdown that the, the federal government's trying to do on on guns. And um, Alberta, they, they asked Alberta, they said, we need the provinces to provide uh, resources, uh as far as personnel and programming set up to start um, confiscating these weapons. And the Alberta provincial government came and made an official statement that says, we will not help the federal government in this. These are all weapons or firearms that were legally obtained by law-abiding citizens. And once they have them, that's their right. Now, if you change the laws on acquiring them in the future, that's, that's your prerogative, but we will not comply with removing legally purchased guns from law-abiding citizens. And so they just went and blanketed a whole bunch of guns as 
The, then, you know, the quote, the official documents from the government calls them assault style weapons. <laughs> assault style. <laughs> kind of like freestyle. <laughs> but Gingham style. Gingham style. Assault style. <laughs> Trudeau style. <laughs> These are assault style weapons. <laughs> Anything can be assault style. That's right. You know, I love. I'm gonna make a T-shirt actually. It, it's just like a silhouette. I'm gonna see if Steph could design it of like a fist holding a screwdriver as if it's about to stab, and say everything's a weapon if you hold it correctly. Say, <laughs> like, come on, people, come on. But I saw, I, I saw a T-shirt on a big old biker man. Mm-hmm. It said, "Everything's a weapon." If you piss me off. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah. But I actually should, uh, I got to get going here. I got some running around to do today. But this was a really good show. I enjoyed this one. Absolutely. We actually stayed, except for my little faux pas at the very end there, we literally stayed out of politics the entire episode. That's crazy. Hey? Well, tool politics. Yeah. Well, that's different. That That's opinionation, right? That's... Yeah, no, it's good, though. Yeah, speaking of what that email I sent you is for that link. It's an Amazon link for a Weira tool set. I found it. Oh, okay, right on. Tiny. It's six inches by three inches by one inch. Oh, okay. And it has a ratchet, um, a screwdriver handle, or a bit handle. Yep. Bits and sockets. Oh, wow. Well, I'm going to check that out for sure. Thanks, man. Cool, man. Right on, thank you all to our, I don't know, I don't know, you know, you look at the downloads and some days we get like eight downloads, <laughs> so maybe there's Ooh, more than, maybe I'll there's more down. than Don't just, break the internet. <laughs> that's right. Maybe we're going to have to buy our own server soon. Maybe there's more <laughs> than two people, but yeah, no, thank you all for listening and Todd, as always, always love our conversations first thing on a Friday morning and uh, yeah, I'll get this thing slapped up and put on the internet and Shove it down the ear balls of anyone who wants to listen. Absolutely. It's been awesome. Uh, thank both of you, for all three of you now, yep. for listening. For sure. And uh, we'll catch you next week. two of them are us, but. That's, that's true. <laughs> right on. All right. We'll catch you all next time. See you.